You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, including the brand new podcasting app Himalaya. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday. Hopefully you had a good Memorial Day weekend, took some time to reflect on that holiday as well, but it's Tuesday, it's time to talk some Pelicans, and we've got a lot of news going forward. We're also going to start to dive into AD trade scenarios this week and then next week hopefully bring some guests on but we'll kind of run through the basics of a lot of them this week so we got a lot to cover in not just today's podcast but the rest of the week's worth of podcasts here on locked on pelicans so before we get into the latest news on the team don't forget when you get in your car tell your smart device to play podcast locked on pelicans to get the latest episode we're here monday through friday for you giving you everything you want to know about this team don't forget subscribe to the podcast as well as leave a five-star review when you get a chance helps the podcast and keeps us free and five days a week for you all so big ish news i don't really know so I did a live stream on Twitch yesterday on Memorial Day to kind of do a test run, do a live Q&A. It was a lot of fun. It's interactive. We'll do more of those going forward. The first question I got asked about, and I didn't even know this was a thing until more or less I logged on to Twitch and started this, was about David Griffin meeting with Anthony Davis. And from when I'm recording this, doesn't really sound like any meeting happened. Um, and I'm not entirely sure where these kind of came from, but Shams didn't tweet anything. Woj didn't tweet anything. Will Guillory, Scott Kushner, or, and um, Andrew Lopez didn't really tweet anything out. And those are the people you want to kind of follow for like the breaking Pelicans news. As tapped in as I am to things. I'm also not really here to break news, so I wouldn't even if I really knew about it. But I didn't really hear anything about a meeting between Anthony Davis and David Griffin on Monday. I know Griffin is out on the West Coast. I think he flew out Sunday night or Monday morning for draft workouts, and he's going to be there for at least the week, if not longer. So you kind of assume a meeting will occur. I couldn't exactly tell you when David Griffin, when he's been asked about it in the past, has been kind of cagey and just says, I'm not going to talk about that. But something's obviously coming I just don't think it was yesterday unless something's broken by the time I've recorded this in which case okay great there goes the segment but I don't think that's gonna happen based on kind of what I've heard so Griffin's out there He's going to be out on the West Coast for all these draft workouts, working at different players, um, and should stop by Anthony Davis and kind of speak. And we know that this has always been the plan, and he's at least got to kind of try to convince him to stay. And if AD really is like, no, I want out, then cool, they'll move him. You'll look to see something kind of get done before the draft and wrap this up sooner rather than later. So we have, you know, a little bit less than a month of what would be the Anthony Davis trade speculation and all of that um, as we go forward. But they're going to meet soon. I just don't know specifically when. I think we have an idea that Anthony Davis is not going to change his mind 
about his trade request and is still going to want out. He seems like he's been pretty resolute in all of that. Um, but David Griffin has to try. Greg Popovich tried with Kawhi Leonard, and I think that's a kind of interesting thing to look at now, given the success of that Toronto Raptors franchise. And that's maybe something we can talk about tomorrow. Um, that, you know, he tried, they couldn't get something done. And then basically within the next couple of days, Kawhi Leonard was traded. So after that meeting where he did his kind of last ditch effort and it didn't work, they moved Kawhi Leonard. And I wouldn't be surprised to kind of see a general thing get done with Anthony Davis and some of these other guys here during this time. So it doesn't sound like any meeting really went on yesterday with any of this. Um, and yeah, so there you go. I think this is kind of much ado about nothing. Um, and we know how it's going to go. Also, just who cares when it happens? No real big deal. Um, but sometime this week or maybe early next week at the latest, but I think you're going to see something get done much sooner rather than later. Um, and then we can kind of move on from that, which is why we're really going to start to look at trade things and stuff like that as well for the rest of the week. So nothing really went down. Stuff's going to be coming. That's kind of your update on the AD David Griffin talk front. So, of course, that means there's going to be a lot going on with this Pelicans team. You want to stay up to date on everything. Best way to do that is to subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast through the Himalaya podcast app. Download the Himalaya podcast app from the App Store and subscribe to Locked On Pelicans. They also have personally curated playlists there to help you find other podcasts you want to listen to. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Anything you can get to help you out with that um, and to kind of filter it for you is only a good thing. So download Himalaya from your app store and subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. All right, so updates on the front office restructuring for your New Orleans Pelicans. We already know David Griffin at the top. You've then got Trajan Langdon, who was hired as the GM of the team. But what's coming next? And I had said they're going to be looking to add an assistant GM, maybe two assistant GMs, and then a handful of other other people into the front office, along with beefing up the scouting department and some other things that are kind of a little less consequential here. Uh, But it sounds like that the Pelicans have another hire done. I don't know if they have a job title or some specifics figured out just yet or if the ink's dry on all of this, but they have basically settled on someone who's going to be coming in from what I understand. Again, job title isn't as important in this front office. I think they just want to bring people in, give them the titles that they need to bring these people in and kind of let them do their things. You know, it was interesting in the Trajan Langdon introductory press conference, phone call, whatever you want to call it, that he said, he's like, I don't know what my day to day is necessarily going to be like. I'm just going to work with David Griffin and we'll figure it out. This goes back to what David Griffin said in the beginning. Let's just get all the people we want on the bus first and he's going out and doing that another person with I think ties to David Griffin for a little bit Um, and he'll be coming in here to New Orleans and uh, just getting involved and being another voice in the front office kind of having a more collaborative effect to things um, than maybe some other front offices do around the league so this should be coming out soon Uh, again I don't know specifically what they're going to focus on and it sounds like what is also going to be the case is 
This is not a one-year rebuild of the front office from the foundation up. This is going to take a year, two, potentially three to get all of the people that they want and to complete the restructuring of this, partially because this team has been so behind the eight ball on a lot of it that they need to just kind of keep some of the people they have and bring in some of the people to do things for a year or so, and then you can move them to other roles where they can really shine um, as they get a lot of the base infrastructure in place, things like the G League team, more scouting, more analytics analytics, all of that. And they're just, it's tough to do in one off season, I think basically is the way to put it. So they're going to get that all taken care of and then they'll kind of move on next year and you'll see this kind of get built up a little bit more and more over time for everything. And it's not just going to be one off season, cool, this is set, now let's go forward with it. They've started, they've let some people go, obviously, or some people have mutually parted, however you want to put it. They've brought new people in. They will be continuing, I think, to do that for the foreseeable future um, as they get closer into the draft. So it's not just scouting. It's still rebuilding the front office with everything. Um, Obviously, the training staff and all of that's kind of getting changed, and we don't really have a ton of specifics on how that's going to go. And I don't know if it's team doctors because that's often different than player recovery um, and player injury prevention and all of that too. So there's still a lot of moving parts, but they do have another hire in place. That person's going to be coming in. They have their eyes on other people as well. Um, some of the names you've heard about, some you might not have, maybe haven't. So there's going to be more coming. So stay tuned to everything. Certainly they are not slowing down as they continue to almost rebuild this organization from the ground up, but exciting times to be a Pelicans fan. And I think the biggest takeaway that I gathered from this is again, this is a multi-year process for the front office too, just not the on-court stuff that, you know, you can't get all the guys that you want. You can't reinvent this overnight. It's a slow thing. As David Griffin is fond of saying, you need little steps along the way victories every single day it seems like this team is getting those right now but those little victories take some time and maybe two years worth of little victories till you feel you're in a very good spot and I think that's kind of what we're looking at here with this Pelicans front office organization all right, so the NBA Finals set to start next week. It's or this week actually. Sorry, at the end of the week on Thursday, a real fun time with the Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. We've got a lot coming on Locked On NBA this week. Really taking a deep dive into that. I'm actually not going to be on Wednesday. We're going to run the Locked On uh, Warriors host, the Locked On Raptors host, giving you a crossover. If you want kind of the in-depth look on this matchup, this Finals, which has some some ranging implications potentially that touch on the Pelicans with. Kawhi Leonard. We'll talk about that tomorrow. I think that's a good topic. Make sure you give it a listen. So as always, download the Himalaya podcast app. Don't just subscribe to Locked on Pelicans, but subscribe to the Locked on NBA podcast as well. All right, so let's talk AD trades because, again, that's coming sooner rather than later, most likely for this franchise. So we're going to spend this week looking at a lot of the trade suitors. We're going to start today, though, with the Los Angeles Lakers because this is where they've gotten the furthest along in terms of negotiations. So let's assume AD still wants out after meeting with David Griffin, which is the most likely scenario. The Los Angeles Lakers are going to immediately be trying to get into the mix and kind of fix everything that went wrong. With their offer earlier on during the season. Remember, they made kind of not quite a godfather offer, but an offer that was centered around Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, even Zubac, um, and like two first round picks um, after some lengthy and awful negotiations that started with like Rondo and Lance Stevenson and other guys kind of being 
in the mix of things basically was just really, really stupid. Michael Beasley. And it was like, what are the, what is this team doing? Um, but now we kind of have, we can kind of get rid of a lot of the noise. We don't need to talk about Josh Hart. If he's a throw in, he's a throw in. If he's not included in it, like no big deal. You know, that's kind of what I think people tend to think of Josh Hart. Um, same thing for any of the kind of filler. This really centers around Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, and Kyle Kuzma. And what you think of those guys, what they're seeing can be what you've got to pay them in the future and then the picks that are going to be involved in that that's the real big consideration so we don't need to really talk about a lot of the filler with it I'm also not really going to look at three team deals as I said on the live stream on Twitch three team deals are really tough to try and figure out I don't cover the Suns I don't cover the Bulls I don't cover uh, the Magic or other teams so I can't really tell you what those teams are thinking I'm an expert on the Pelicans basically as simple as that and I can't give you great insight onto what those other teams would want being the third team to help facilitate a deal. I will say that a Lakers trade likely does need to have a third team involved. Um, but, you know, I can talk about their assets. I can talk about the Pelicans' assets. I don't know what the shit the Magic want to do. Um, so we're not going to really focus on three team deals as we start to go through the rest of the week and a lot of these potential trade targets and teams and all of that. Let's just focus on the assets that they have. So this package is obviously centered around Brandon Ingram. The first thing that's going to jump up is he will be entering his fourth year in the league, meaning he's under contract next year for $7.265 million. And then you've got to pay him that rook, that second contract. I'm not fully against putting adding guys on second contracts to this team that's going to be centered around Zion Williamson. I don't want to really put people on like big third contracts with this team, but second contracts, sure. Why not? There's no real, you know, harm in that. You can always move those guys later. You know, Brandon Ingram though comes with some concern. The first being the injury that ended his season prematurely. He only played 52 games for the Lakers this year. That was the blood clot in his shoulder. I forget if it's the left or the right. I'm not as concerned about that as maybe some others when you hear that blood clot term thrown out there that basically ended Chris Bosh's career. It sounds like, and I'm not a doctor, and this is me just hearing this, believing the people that say it, that blood clots are far more of a concern when they're in your lower body, so your legs, where Bosch's was, versus the upper body. So I don't know why that is. Probably has something to do with where the how the clot can get to the heart. But that makes me feel a little bit better about this. So I don't know if the blood clot alone is what really would make me not want to trade for Brandon Ingram. Instead, it's kind of the other stuff with him. The fact that he's not a great three-point shooter. He only took, uh, sorry, he only sh- he shot 33% from the field last year. Um, he's under 330 by a hair, three, 32.9% career three-point shooter. It's not very good. Um, and took fewer threes than a guy like Julius Randle. He doesn't take them in big volume, under two per game. Doesn't hit them at a great clip. Shoots 67.5% from the free throw line. You know, it's fine. It's not amazing. Um, And it makes me wonder what type of shooter he really is. And if you want to put shooters around Zion, and I don't know if that's the most important thing, but certainly you'd rather put shooters than non-shooters around him if you have the option. That's a concern to me. It really is. Um, he's got good length and size, and you, you don't hate a dude who's six foot nine with a with a long wingspan. Um, 
And he's still relatively young in all of that, too. He's not, he'll be 22 next season. So there's room to grow. And it's a guy who averaged 19.4 points per game uh, to go along with uh, five and a half rebounds and 3.2 assists. Kind of does a little bit of everything there. He plays the small forward position. You can play him at the four if you needed to as well. Um, shoots under 50% from the field. So he's not the most efficient player. It's just like he's fine. This is a guy who's likely not a top 30 player in the league. And if you want to build your trade around it because you're higher on him, then okay. You know, the the Pelicans turned down the offer with the Lakers that included him as a centerpiece during the season, partially because they wanted to see what the other teams were going to offer. And there's no point in making a trade before the Celtics can really kind of get involved in everything. But also because they just weren't enamored with this Los Angeles Lakers offer. Simple as that. You know, had the Lakers included more first-round picks and maybe pick swaps, then yeah, potentially they could have gotten a deal done, but they didn't want to, and they hang a, put a lot more weight on Brandon Ingram. The injuries and all of that make you kind of wonder. He's good at attacking and getting to the rim, but he doesn't get to the foul line a ton. And you've, again, just makes you wonder about him long-term as a prospect. He's fine. Defensively, he's like perfectly fine. Not amazing. He's not horrible. Um... And it's tough to kind of know in the dysfunction that was going on there with the Lakers this past season. So other things that are included in this, the second guy you're looking at is Lonzo Ball. I'm probably higher on Lonzo Ball than than Ingram and can think he can actually really be something. A defensive backcourt of him and Drew Holiday can be absolutely terrifyingly good. Um, he put up 11.8 uh, points last season, 6.3 rebounds, very good defensively, along with 6.5 assists, um, and only played 47 games dealing with various ailments and had his season cut really short. There's potential for him to be very, very good. Sorry, that was the per 36-minute number where his average is. Um, 9.9 points per game, 5.4 says he basically played um, 30.3 minutes per game, um, along with 5.4 assists, 5.3 rebounds. So it's pretty similar. It's not a huge difference in everything there. Um, you know, kind of leaves you wanting a little bit more, but he's young. He's been injured. That's a bit of a concern. He's He'll be entering his third year in the NBA. So next year he's making 8.7 million. Then it's a team option for 11 after that. So you have time to kind of evaluate him think if he's going to be the guy that you kind of build your franchise around going forward too. But I get why people aren't high on him. The lack of shooting is very apparent for his career, 38% from the field. That's not good. Shot 40.6% from the field last year. His shot is funky looking as all kind of get up. He shot 32.9% uh, from threes. Not going to space the court for you. The, the volume's larger than Brandon Ingram at 4.9 per game. So five doesn't shoot great from the free throw line under 50%. If he's just a playmaker like that, maybe, but you need some more offense from him because you've seen guys just completely sag off him and dare him to shoot a la Rajon Rondo. That's not what you want out there or a guy like Alfred Payton who doesn't really burn you either. So that's kind of an issue. The rebounding's good. The defense is good. The playmaking is there. I think he can be a very good NBA player. Top 30? Yeah, no, probably not. Maybe just outside that. 
But if that's, you know, getting two guys who aren't top 30 in a trade for AD isn't exactly the sexiest thing that you want to do. Kyle Kuzma is a bit of a throw in. This is a dude who's just a straight score. This will be his fourth year in the league, too. He's on that same kind of time frame as Brandon Ingram is. So he and Ingram are going to be up for bigger contracts after next season. It's a concern per game, though. 18.7 points per game. 5.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Shoots a little bit better. 45.6% from the field. Not a good three-point shooter, though, even though he takes six per game shot just 30.3 percent overall defensively doesn't give you much he's more of a gunner off the bench is probably how I would use him as that power forward position doesn't defend much like you just want some buckets he can go and get you buckets by attacking the rim that's about it that's rough to build a trade package around if you like Ingram and maybe David Griffin does Dell Demps in the previous front office didn't really but new front office they might evaluate guys differently you could get something done and if you can get a third team in the mix it really works but it's gonna be tough the fact that you would need to pay two of those guys sooner rather than later is also a little bit of a concern and if you don't think they're gonna develop into much this deal is basically DOA and you're not gonna get something done they will try it's just these assets to me aren't tremendous I can see why some people are high on Brandon Ingram I really can't I don't want to just crap on the dude um, because his numbers aren't good like he has a lot of potential the size and length are there if he puts on some more muscle too kind of has the tools But we've also seen three years of him. None of these guys have really played that full season where you can kind of see like really who they are. That's a bit of an issue too. And you just got to wonder. And when you look at what else is going to be out there, this just leaves you wanting more, which is why a third team needs to get into the mix. So we'll see. They're going to come calling. I'm just not particularly high on it. You know, the other thing to keep in mind is they do have the uh, fourth overall pick in the draft. I talked about it on the live stream. There's Zion, then you have Morant and RJ Barrett kind of in the next spot too, and I think those guys are maybe closer. But then there's a big drop-off to four, and anywhere from like four to 12 is largely the same caliber of player, which means that four pick isn't as valuable as other things out there. And so that asset's kind of diminished a little bit, even though it looks better now than when they were trying to trade and it was presumed to be at the end of the lottery or not even a lottery pick at all. So their deal gets a little bit better because of the fourth pick. If there's a guy you really love there, then great. There's no one I love at four overall. So I think that kind of hurts this deal. I just don't really see this being the best offer. But the teams came close before. Maybe they'll come close again. I guess we just got to wait and see. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Don't forget, download the Himalaya podcast app. Subscribe to Locked on Pelicans. And as always, I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 